Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Photography and Video Guru. I'm Curtis, uh, your Photography and Video Guru. Today we're talking about um, digital photography and how it really sucks. And I say that facetiously because actually I like digital photography, but there's so many variables that you can have in digital photography. It makes it difficult uh, on us photographers um, more so than I think than it did in the past. For instance, if uh, you were a photographer back in the film days, you basically could buy, you know, your film, which was primarily daylight balanced. It was a set ISO. Um, and when I was back in the day, I used to shoot for magazines and books and I shot all transparency. So I adjusted everything around the film. I adjust my lighting around the film so everything would be balanced and what have you. So if I was shooting inside in a tungsten environment, I would put a yellow filter over the front of the lens and then it would adjust for, or I'm sorry, a blue filter over the lens and it would adjust for the yellowness of the tungsten light and balance things out. Today, however, our cameras are really intelligent. They look at white balance of the room and they try to figure out the correct balance of light for that particular environment. And sometimes they work, sometimes it doesn't. For the most part, it works. It does. And, and the way white balance works is, for instance, in the human eye, when we walk into a room, we really don't see tungsten lights as being yellow. We don't see fluorescent lights as being green. It's because our eyes and our brain adjusts for the color temperature of the light. And uh, in much ways, a camera does the same thing. What it does is it looks for the whitest uh, article in the room and says that that's white. So you could have a cream-colored piece of paper, and if that's the closest thing to white in that room, then you would see that as white. And until you actually set it up against something that is white, you wouldn't know that it was really off-white or a different color, a cream, unless it's like really, really brown, you know. But I'm saying in general... Uh, if it's not pure white, you would think that that was white. And our brain accommodates for these things. It accommodates for low exposure. It accommodates for high exposure. It accommodates for color shifts. And so when we are talking about digital photography, we have to kind of keep that in mind. For instance, digital photography, there's so many links to the chain. So we have the camera, the digital file, we have the computer that we're working on. We have the monitor that we're working on. And then we have a printer if we print out uh, the printer we're working on. And so, for instance, if your monitor, if you just have a basic monitor, you could have a photograph up on that monitor and everything would look great on that monitor. But you take it to your phone, you take it to another computer with a different monitor, and all of a sudden, maybe it looks too dark. Maybe the colors are are different colors than what you experienced on your monitor. Um, and there's really nothing we can do about that. The only thing we can do is really make sure that our monitor is set up as correctly as possible. And you do that through calibration. So you can calibrate your monitor. Now, when you go to print, your print is going to look different than what's on the monitor. And so we overcome that by trying to calibrate the printer to the monitor or... What I like to do is I'll run like a, 
uh, it's like a film strip, a test strip. When we used to print in the dark room, we used to do different exposures across the uh, image to find out what the right exposure is. And so then we could get the correct exposure on the actual finished print. And I kind of do the same thing. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, maybe I'll go on a, on a different uh, future podcast about how I go about doing like a test strip on a print from the computer. But needless to say, then I can adjust for the exposure of the print and bring it up to what I think looks good on that particular print. But then we also run into printing problems when we have color calibration um, for the different paper types. Different paper types have different calibrations according to what printer is. So for instance, I shoot or I print with a Canon uh, Pro ProGraph 1000. And so there's uh, the printer manufacturers, and I use um, several different printer printers papers. Uh, they have a specific profile for their paper for that printer, so that you know that it's it's a and you have to load that profile to get consistent results for that specific paper. Combined with your calibration of your monitor, things should get into the general ballpark of where you want them except for maybe um, exposure, brightness, and darkness. So when we talk about editing, so, you know, we're talking about color variations and monitors. We're talking about white balance. We're talking about printer balance. What are the things that we can do if you don't have a calibrated monitor? Well, number one, I wouldn't touch uh, your saturation unless you have a calibrated monitor. Uh if you yank the, maybe you could do it in a small increment, but not go wild with it. Because what may look good on your monitor, again, may not look good on some other monitor. But one thing you can always do when you're um, developing a digital print or a digital uh, image on a computer is you can actually adjust uh, your levels. And all levels do is really just do two things. Number one, it, can, it makes the white things look white, and it looks, makes the black things look black. So if, you're, if your photograph is actually low in contrast uh, or uh, too bright, you can actually see it in your, in your levels. And your levels are divided up into two sides, three sections actually. The right side is your highlights, the left side is your shadows, and the middle is the midtones. So if you were to actually take a photograph with your camera with a target, that had a white bar on the left, on the right, I mean, a gray bar, neutral gray in the middle, and black on the left side, you would see three independent spikes on your histogram. If the white spike on the right, and I primarily worry about highlights as opposed to shadows, if the white spike is actually up against the edge or off the edge to the right, uh, then that means that your pixels in that side of the image or in the highlights are being clipped and you're losing detail. Same thing with um, your shadows. A lot of times I don't worry about shadows unless I have to pull detail out of the shadows, okay? If I have to pull detail out of those shadows, if it's clipped on the left, then you're not going to be able to pull those details back. So you can actually tell if the pro image is properly exposed. If your highlights the highlight bar on the right is actually towards the middle of the photograph then that means that you're underexposed well why does this make it important because on your monitor it may look correctly exposed 
And your brain might say, hey, yeah, it's correctly exposed, but it's not. So we go into levels, into Photoshop or Lightroom. Uh, you can do it in Capture One as well. And you can adjust for these things. For instance, in Photoshop, I can take a photo, put it up on the screen, and I hit Control or Command L, and that brings up my uh, levels adjustment. And then I hold down the Option key and then use the mouse, and I'll take the right slider and start sliding it towards the middle. Now, the screen will turn black. Your photograph will actually turn black at this point. And as you move the slider to the left, pixels will start to reappear. And those pixels are, when you see those pixels in red, that means you're starting to clip those pixels. And so we don't want that. So if you're doing a face, for instance, somebody's face, a portrait, and you slide that bar to the right, and then you actually see that maybe a, there's a bright spot on the cheek, you see pixels starting to appear in that area, then you want to stop and then bring it back just so those pixels go back to black because you really don't want to clip the details. And maybe you could clip a few. That way you know you've got the proper levels on that particular cheek. Then you go and do you do the same thing for your shadows. You go to the shadow side, you hit your option button, and then you or alternate key on the PC, and then you click that left arrow on the very far left, and you start dragging it to the right to the middle. Now the whole image will look black, and then as you bring it towards the middle, you'll start to see blue pixels. Okay, so that's when you're actually starting to clip those shadow pixels or the shadow details. Now if you hit your option or alt key and then you click the arrow and all of a sudden you see all kinds of pixels, let's say on the right when you're dragging the highlights bar over, that means that all those pixels that are appearing without you dragging anything have been overexposed and you've lost detail in that image or in the highlights. Same thing with the shadows. If you hit your option key or alternate key and click on the left arrow and without even dragging it, you see all the all these pixels show up in blue and red or whatever, then you know you've clipped your shadow details. So automatically you know that. But this is one thing with computer technology that uh, you can adjust and you know that it's going to be right no matter what monitor or who's looking at it or what the end result looks at. Okay, so without calibrating your monitor, without doing anything like that, you can make sure that your image is properly exposed and will be the right intensity, I guess you'd say, right? So it'll be properly exposed. Your whites will be white and your blacks will be black. The next thing you want to do is you want to try to actually try to find some sort of calibration. Uh, I use X-Rite um, for color calibration. And just keep in mind that some monitors calibrate better than others. So I use um, a Mac, a 27-inch iMac. And by no means, you can use any PC or Mac. You know, I've used them both. In mostly commercial environments, we use PCs and big studios. Um, just because, like, for instance, I shot for Amazon for years. Everything in their studios is PC. They have no Macs. You go into Kohl's, um, which is a, a chain store over here in the U.S. If you're listening in the U.S., uh, out of the country, out of the USA, it's a, it's a chain store. Everybody knows who Amazon is. But Kohl's is like a chain department store, and I used to shoot jewelry for them. I shot jewelry for Amazon. In there, they used Macs, just personal preference. Um, but, for instance, for the most part, every time I walked into a studio, 
their IT department is familiar with PCs, so they run PCs. And so you use Photoshop, um, and we used Capture One um, in studio environment. Never used Lightroom. Lightroom isn't considered um, a commercial application per se. Capture One was always much, much better for uh, tethering. Um, and I still use Capture One today. Love it. Anyway, um, so, but it doesn't really matter that the principle is the same, whether you're in a Mac or PC. And just keep in mind your eyesight and your brain accommodates for darkness. If a, if an image is too dark, it'll, it'll brighten it up in your brain. So you think it looks okay. Same thing. If it's too bright, it'll, it'll make it look right. Okay. But if you do your levels, then you'll know that you have proper exposure and everything will look good. Okay. So that's the tip for the week. I'm sorry for the short podcast. I'll try to get a little bit later. I'm a working professional, so sometimes I have a hard time doing this, and this is uh, fun for me. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.